Welcome, everybody. This is the U.S. Grace Force Podcast. I'm Doug Berry, along with my always very good friend, Father Richard Heilman, and our other very good friend, Jason Jones, is with us tonight. Yeah, <laughs> And it is a fight. We're talking about a fight tonight, that's for sure. Why is Hollywood popularizing Satanism? This is something we've seen going on and on. We're going to address that, break that down. Jason, of course, uh, has his hands... Uh, in that world of media with movies, uh, with uh, productions, all kinds of things. And he's got a lot of good context here. So we're going to break this down and have him uh, explain a few things to us and help us be enlightened to what's going on in the world. But of course, we want to begin with prayer and especially calling upon St. Michael. So Father, we always let you lead us in that. Sure. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. And to all of you out there who have been such great supporters and and just I just got to say, friends to the U.S. Grace Force, thank you so much for your constant prayers, your encouragement. I was just at Father Heilman's Parish up in Pine Bluff, Wisconsin last week, and just a great evening with a lot of guys there. Uh, what We had about 70 or so guys show up, I think, and, and there was an hour of adoration. Father was hearing confessions. I offered to hear confessions, but I can't absolve people, so I can just give advice, so it's really... It really turns into gossip, so we just don't do that. But <laughs> okay, a little shot of humor there, everybody. Yeah, yeah. But seriously, after the hour of adoration, we went over to the gym, had some food and a talk, and it's just a really good night. But so many people come up and say, hey, Grace Force guys, we love to see you. And that's always encouraging to us. We thank all of you out there who support us, who encourage us. We thank those of you out there who support us financially through the Patreon program, if you're interested in that. And that is a very, very important thing for us in this cancel culture that we're living in. We really got to get this message out. You can click the link in the description below, going out to Patreon, and you can support us that way. We thank you so much, and you are in our prayers. So God bless you for that. Uh, also, don't forget to go out to the U.S. Grace Force gear page. Get yourself T-shirts and hoodies and all kinds of great stuff out there. Helps you send the message, right? Speak it clear to the world. But also, it supports what we do with that little financial shot in the arm. So thank you so much for that. U.S. Grace Force gear page. Click the link in the description below. Jason Jones is with us again. We, we've got, you know, Father, we've got several guests that we just kind of gravitate towards bringing on regularly. And, you know, a lot of them had this kind of fighting spirit, fighting attitude. You know, we bring Dr. Dan Schneider on a lot. We bring Father Ripiger on a lot. And Jason, you're becoming one of the fan favorites and one of our favorites as well, my friend. So it's good to have you out there and good to have you join us tonight. Well, that's good because I thought you just called me when no one else was available. So I'm <laughs> I'm don't, tell him, I'm don't tell him, Doug. Don't tell him, Doug. I'm a oh, fan oh, favorite. No, a fan favorite. Okay. He was just—he was just the seventh call on the list. But <laughs> like, it's, it's where is like everyone today? I called. Oh, well, we might as well go with Jason. You know, you know he's just sitting home with nothing going on. <laughs> Yeah, not well, true at all. No, no, no. We and this is a topic, you know, with this whole thing with the recent Grammy uh, performance that took place, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, supported by by big pharma and uh you know people can check out the name we gotta be careful with our names here we don't want to be disciplined yeah. again so we got to be careful here but people i'm sure are pretty aware you know big pharma supporting you all figure out who that is easy enough and of course the performance that went on by uh, the singer sam white which was um you know pretty disturbing you know something about being unholy i don't even know the name of the song and then cbs there was a tweet about cbs talking about ready to worship and when Sam White was talking about getting ready for this, this uh, really satanic style type performance. And I just saw a couple of clips of it on the news and it looked pretty dark. And, you know, Jason, this is the sort of stuff that, you know, Father and I were talking earlier today about this. And your name came up right away as someone who is in touch with media. You have uh, an amazing uh, um, contacts uh, list with people. You, you've produced a lot of movies um you know movie to movement is uh is, is, is this is something we've got to get information out on and and tell us a little bit about that and, and how your affiliation with uh hollywood and the uh, entertainment industry how, how that's been and, and how long you've been involved with these people <laughs> these people <laughs> yeah you know um well i founded my organization hero um 
with its program, Movie to Movement, and the Vulnerable People Project, which used to be I Am Whole Life. We rebranded about five or six years ago. I founded it in 2002, but I really had the idea in the 90s as a college undergraduate that I, um, I wanted to order my life to defending the vulnerable from violence, from the child in the womb to children in Darfur and around the world. And I wanted to use uh, film and I wanted to also use influence, not just art itself, but the power of celebrity. And I got this idea in college because a lot of my friends who were kind of star athletes, when they got involved in my pro-life club, it really, our club became the largest club on the University of Hawaii campus. And, I, and at that time I thought, well, this is something. I'll just do this on the national level, what I'm doing on my little college campus. And I set out to do that. And, um, you know, when I was a kid, oh, go no, ahead. I, I got to say real quick, by the way, Jason, that is one of the reasons we like to have you on because you are star power for the Grace Force. When you get on, our subscriptions go up, our views go up. So you have that star power for us too. So we we thought about that. We want the biggest podcast club out there. <laughs> I thought I just got you banned from YouTube, but, but okay. <laughs> you know, you 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 were part of something in the past. I, think. Uh, I won't do that again. I promise. <laughs> I'm banned on Facebook right now as we speak. So are you really? Yeah. Wow. Surprise! So, surprise! That's never happened to me. No. no. Well. Like about 80 I, times. I know that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I, see you line, I see you guys outside of Mark Zuckerberg's office. I'm in that line a lot too. We're just waiting. <laughs> go see Mark Zuckerberg. Go, go, go to the office. That's right. That's it. I had this idea of, of trying to sort of like capture and recruit, inspire influential and famous people to fight for life. And, um, and I remember in the 90s saying to myself, um, kind of studying power and networks of power and influence that the closer I get to achieving my goals, the harder it's going to be able to see sort of the depth of depravity of these networks I'm trying to influence. Um, and so I'll start off by saying that I, you know, through the apostle of friendship, I've gotten to know a lot of very influential people um, by God's grace and the, the, the projects that I've worked on and I've developed really authentic friendships. So I'm glad you asked me to come on um, because I see sort of Hollywood and the actors and actresses and the artists is really victims. Um, victims, first of all, of um, of the studio system and their, manage their management. Um, but also there are very powerful cults in Hollywood. We know that. Um, and... Uh, I will say their names, but I don't want to get you banned. I don't know if I can. One of them is very right. litigious. No. I say their name all the time on my podcast. My grandfather was actually a member of this cult. Uh, until but you're died. off of Facebook. So that's true. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, but, uh, you know, so I see them as victims, first of all, of their management, the studio system, the advertisers that, that seem to encourage this kind of depravity. But then also I see them as victims of the church that we as Christians have not been forceful, that, that advertisers and studios and network television should be fearful, should, should know. Joe Rogan this week joked that Jews like money and they're, they're seeking to cancel him. The slightest insult to the religion is Islam will get you canceled. Um, but you could mock Christianity in any and every way. I remember the famous Christ episode of the Larry David show. Um, you could just go on and on. So for them to claim that this is being edgy or courageous or pushing the boundaries, I would say it's childish and cowardly at the very least. At the base level, there's no edginess involved and there's no courage in, involved. It's actually, they're very pious. This is a pious ritual to insult um, the majority of Americans and their deeply held religious convictions. But yet we don't push back. Yeah. Maybe later if you have any questions, but I, I have some examples of really how the artists in many ways are victims. Yes, please, please. Yeah. Well, you know, you look at these, a lot of them are very young. They come into this town. They come into Hollywood very young, very ambitious, very insecure. Hollywood, you know, is an industry. There was a, a powerful documentary many years ago called Open Secret about child sex abuse in Hollywood. So yeah, the exploitation, the sex exploitation of really vulnerable, talented young people 
And then they're actually given laurels. They're pushed along. Uh, they know what to do. So if uh, this character, this Sam Smith guy would, would have um, made it, insulted the Jewish religion or Muslims, um, if he would have insulted the Dalai Lama, it would have been the end of his career. But he knew that the, the most cowardly thing, the easiest thing he could do is mock Christianity and he would be celebrated for it. Yeah. And so like his very soul is in, in peril and it, and it, and it's, it's very sorrowful for me. So, you know, we, as the normal folks, when we're watching the production and we see the young artist dancing some perverse display, but we have to know that behind them, there are guys in suits and ties and shiny black shoes in offices, you know, with, uh, that, that, you know, migrant, illegal migrant cleaning ladies are there making sure the office is perfect for them. And they come in every day. These are the real culprits. And so I see the artists is to be pitied and to be prayed for. And I guess even the guys in the, with the shiny black shoes and the suits should be prayed for and pitied too. Yeah. But but I especially have empathy for these young artists who are being twisted, perverted, and God forbid, um, shoved in a direction that could be eternal separation from our creator. Yeah. Do you think any part of this, uh, Jason, is uh, people's belief in a, a kind of satanic power where, you know, if if I lean into this, if I practice Satanism, that... I'll get things like, you know, roles in films or, you know, I'll get, uh, you know, affluence or uh, popularity or, or, or anything like that. Cause I know Satan uses that for bait quite a bit. Uh, do you think that's part of it? I think for many people that is definitely a part of it. They, they know what they're doing. I think for a lot of them, they're LARPers. It's like a live action role-playing game that they don't know is real. It's like, they think they're playing army. And they wake up and they find that they're in a real battlefield. Yeah. And I think so many of them are just, they're being childish. Um, you know, there was this artist, Juice World, who was a, he went to my high school. We went to the same high school together. And so I kind of followed his career. He ended up ODing on drugs um, at 21 years old. And the year before he had made a video that said he sold his soul to the devil and he was going to die when he was 21. And these, these things are very sad. You know, our children are being crushed. They're being poisoned. Um, and when you work in the entertainment industry, you're around that poison, right? So the artists are kind of slopping the poison. So they're going to be the first to die. They're going to be the first to get sick. And especially those of us who are Christians, um, I say, you know, it's, it's a very frightful thing. Um, to tell people to invest in your film, um, which is a very risky investment or your media project, um, because, you know, you want to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the world through this very powerful medium. That's also very frightening, right? Uh, we don't want to be like Judas in the bag. And um, we have to always check our motives as well. But we do have to be engaged in telling our stories to the culture. We do have to be engaged in the um, the apostolate of friendship with people who are the victims of this industry. I think of Leah Remini, who was trapped into a cult. And I believe it was through her friendship with um, other cast members of King of Queens that she then became a Catholic and left that cult. I know so many people. Uh, I have a friend. Yeah, I won't say his name to protect him. But he's a big producer in Hollywood. He's also one of the best apologists I know. You guys know. Uh, you probably know what I'm talking about. He's one of the best apologists I know. And I, I tell him he's like the anti-cult that shall remain nameless um, because he's just brought so many people from that cult into the Catholic Church hmm. through friendship. And I would throw these sort of kind of these parties uh, from movie to movement at the Chateau Marmont, which is sort of a legendary Hollywood place and I would invite really diverse groups of people and share my faith with them in friendship and so the apostle of friendship in the industry is very important 
that we're engaged in producing films is very important. Um, that we really push Satanism out of the public. We need to push Satanism out of the public square. I mean, I would say that the Grammys demonstrated that Satanism is really the religion in the public square today. It's quite, it's quite striking. What, what do you mean by that? Well, I don't think the Grammys would have had Kirk Franklin perform and saying there's something about the name Jesus. And then CBS would have tweeted out, it's time to worship. That's just unthinkable. Yeah, I know. That would have never happened. You have Madonna showing up looking like Baphomet herself, his self, itself. You have this Sam Smith. Um, and in many ways, I think this was, this Grammys was really Satan's direct response, his fury. And if you think of the comments from people like Pink uh, into the overturning of Roe versus Wade, that the overturning of Roe versus Wade really kind of released Interesting. an open demonic hatred against the Catholic Church. Interesting. Yeah, and for, for the audience who might not be familiar, Pink is, um, I mean, she's, I don't know if she's really that active now, but I remember years ago when I did a lot more youth ministry work, um, she was pretty popular uh, as just a pop singer and a little edgy, you know, pink hair or whatever, you know, she was doing. And uh, so she was in the thick of it, the whole music world. And yeah, she came out with a pretty strong statement. Um, um, in, and you're, you're right, Jason, th th this would not have been flipped. You would not have seen, um, you know, an Amy Grant song years ago, you know, or you would have seen, you know, any, any Christian singer up there, you know, being applauded in this way. Um, you, you talk about, and I love your angle and perspective on this because it is easy. You look at some of the news reports and it's easy to fall into this kind of, oh, these people are crazy. Oh, they're lunatics. Oh, look how terrible and evil they are. And, and to kind of sort through this and realize there should be a bit of pity for the soul of the people that, that's going through this. This is a reminder for our faith, everybody, is that the enemy that we battle is principalities of darkness. It's not the flesh, even of the the Hollywood moguls or the or the the men in the suits and the in the shiny shoes you talk about, Jason. It's, I mean, we can all decide whether we're going to cooperate with evil or not, but at the root of it all, it, it is the diabolical powers that are trying to manipulate these people. And th that sounds like kind of where you're going with this is, is that we need to have a certain sense of empathy towards the the, the people in the situation, that there are a lot of people that are just being drawn into this and being corrupted by this and have more of a prayerful attitude for the salvation of their souls. Is that what I'm getting from what you said? Yeah, you know, I find like, especially in the wake of QAnon and sort of the, the loss of trust in the hierarchy of the church in the wake of the sex abuse scandal, um, that we, we kind of get attracted. And C.S. Lewis talked about this, that there's two, way, there's two ways we can deal with the devil. One is ignore him. There's two faults we could have in our dealings, the mm -hmm. thoughtfulness of the devil, which is one to ignore that he exists. And the other is to have a sort of a disordered intrigue or interest in Satan. And of course, it's just all very boring. All cults are, are very sick and very ugly, very sorrowful and, and very boring. Um, and But what I see a lot of times um, in our tribe, specifically our like really tight-knit tribe, is we really are kind of maybe attracted to the, the conspiratorial darkness side of it. We think everyone in Hollywood has sold their soul to the devil and everyone in Hollywood is like completely, totally and perfectly possessed. And instead of what you should understand is that these are human beings created in the image of God, lost, being exploited, victims of abuse, exploitation, uh, and then the crush a lot of times envy of wealth and fame makes it hard for folks to understand that wealth and fame are nothing to be envied. And especially for a young person who doesn't come from a solitude parent home with a good Christian formation, the last thing in the world you want is a young person from a broken family with no Christian formation is to be all of a sudden very rich and famous. It's the last thing you want. It is the last thing you want. And that's a lot of these folks that we see out there you know, I was at a party about 10 years ago and I was introduced and, you know, I have a, I can speak sweet, but the truth is I have a very combative personality and I was introduced to this director of a lot of the most satanic music videos in the industry. 
the guy that has done a lot of the occultic Illuminati weird music videos and a friend of mine at this party in Hollywood like 10 years ago said meet this guy and first of all he was a total idiot I mean the guy was dumb as a box of rocks and um I remember saying to him it was at the time of the ISIS genocide the genocide of ISIS at the very beginning of ISIS in Iraq and he'd asked me what I was doing and I shared with him and, and that there was a genocide of uh, minorities christians and other minorities in iraq and he starts laughing and he says what are christians doing in iraq that's a muslim country they have no business being there like this guy had no idea that iraq had an ancient first century christian community and he was laughing at me and you know you, you just and he was vaping marijuana the whole time and i thought this is the genius behind these these illuminati music videos this stoned moron you know, and I just, I, I really did have to, to pity him. <laughs> was that a difficult moment? <laughs> I did want to punch him in the face. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it was really funny. They, they offered me a ride home, him and his posse, his group. So they were driving me. We had a, um, a live work office in the Hollywood and Vine building at the time for moving to movement. So that a donor had granted to us. So I was going to the office and this office in itself was unbelievable. Um, I don't even want to say who lives there because they still live there. But I mean, the biggest, I'll tell you off, their biggest stars that I would see in the elevator and get to share my faith. They would call me a missionary man. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, a hint, a guy that's from a band <laughs> that sold more records than any band in history has a place in that building. And he would go, hey, missionary man. Um, and I found out that he'd become a born again Christian. I thought he was making fun of me. But, with these, but these guys dropped me off. And I'll never forget when I got to my apartment they opened the door it was like out of fast times at Ridgemont High like Spicoli they just were so stoned they fell out of the car door and I looked at these these guys and I'm like these are the masterminds of the Illuminati's control of our children's mind through music mm -hmm. videos this this band of of nitwits and then I just just really really had to pity them you know you just you look at them and, and we need to engage. There was a time where the Catholic bishops vetoed everything and anything coming out of Hollywood until the early 60s. Nothing could succeed if the church didn't first give it an imprimatur. Yeah. And we owe that to the American people to be in that position again. But I don't even know if the hierarchy snapped into shape and demanded that we respect their wishes when it comes to our media consumption. Can I, can I just want you to share this? Like you gotta put it in context. Yeah. You've got on a major network, primetime family television, women doing the most sexualized dancing in cages to Satan himself. Yep. These kids probably never had a father in the household. Most of them not living in a two-parent home, being bombarded with pornography, They've just been locked in their house for a year and a half, two years because of COVID. So their social skills have been depressed. And this is who's watching this. Yeah. But where's the church? Where's the, and I don't mean just the Catholic church, where evangelical Christian leaders. I know. Where, where are we is the mystical body of Christ. Where, where are this conservative, I mean, it's, it's, it's strange and sad that it's the political conservative leadership that have outpaced the church in condemning this stuff. Yeah. You know, Jason, um, we've heard a lot about how dioceses have had to get exorcists up and running, right? Because why? Because of this um, widespread explosion of Satanism, of demonic activity, over the last, and I'll just call it the last 10 years, um, and and so there's a great need. I mean, these these exorcists are overwhelmed uh, with requests for um, helping people with whatever level of oppression they're they're dealing with. But and to me, it all goes back to I think that there was a time about 10 years ago where Hollywood all of a sudden decided felt they had license to um, glorify and glamorize Satanism. I, I, I look back, I think it was 2013 that um, 
if you remember Miley Cyrus did that, you know, uh, that act with her tongue and she had horns in her hair and stuff like that. And, um, and, uh, I I think it was Kali, you know, from, from the movie, um, uh, oh, what was that movie? Uh, oh, it'll come back to me. But anyways, uh, they pointed out that Kali was, was a, uh, demonic. The uh, goddess, it's the Hindu goddess of destruction, right? That's it. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Anyways, uh, they started glorifying. It was on the Empire State Building, if you remember that. They put the image of Kali on there. Um, then it, it just seemed like it kept coming and coming. And we had Beyonce with that. I think it was 2015 with the halftime uh, Super Bowl show, where it was just fire shooting everywhere and and this demonic music and uh, little horns being worn. And but it was it was blatantly obvious that this was uh, satanic. What happens then? Well, kids, like you just said, are watching this and they're going, okay, well, the cool people are the Hollywood people. You know, they're, they're made to feel that way. I think I was when I was a kid. I like John Wayne or whatever. But, uh, but so if that's what they're doing, if that's what they like, I'm going to do it too. Boom. All of a sudden, this explosion of Satanism. I had a, I had a friend uh, who talked about when he was a kid, um, he was in a satanic cult. And uh, they were literally uh, stealing the Eucharist from churches at the time. Uh, it's not, it's not, um, it, it, it's not just a, a, a fringe group doing this. This is widespread right now. And and here's the thing: is I think that it goes back to Satan's first temptation. You would call it the original sin, right? You will become like gods or like God, and you will know what is good and what is evil. And, and I just call that woke, you know, that, that, that we are superior even to God himself. We know better than God. And to me, that's what they're doing is that's why, and you were, you were put it so well when you talked about they're mocking Christianity. They're, they're not mocking other religions. They're mocking Christianity. Um, and, and saying, you know, hey, uh, you know, this is how inferior Christianity is to us, right? That we can even do this and uh, and get away with it. It's just right in your face. And we can indoctrinate your children at the same time. So I don't know. I, you know it, it's, it seems like um, it's just been ramping up. And I'll, I'll just end by saying this, too, that uh, 2013... I pointed out, I think that was a significant time. That was a time where uh, Obama uh, was given his second, and I call it nothing to lose term. And uh, talk about whatever you want, but he put people in power who are radicals. And we're living with that right now. And uh, and then you had uh, Pope Benedict retire at the same time. And then this is all within a few weeks of the the start of uh, 2013. And then you had ISIS was formed right at that time. And then we were, you know, you'll, you'll get, you'll get, um, uh, you're taken off Facebook for, I can't even say it because we might get taken off Facebook, but for these little things, but we were literally watching people beheaded on Facebook at that time. If you remember, I mean, just yeah, no, I remember watching yeah. explosion right around 10 years ago. And, and here we are. And, and, and you're right all the while church leadership said or did virtually nothing during that time. We, uh, we, we maintain the peace through our strength. Weakness only invites aggression. It's the weakness that we have that has just said, yeah, we can't say that. Or if we say it, we're being political. You know, if we say, um, what, I don't know, what do you feel about that, Jason? Yeah, no, I just think the church has lost its voice. Right. It's, it's, um, I, look, I don't want to bash Pope Francis, but he leaves Africa, and all we heard him talk about was decriminalizing homosexuality. We had 50 Catholic girls disappear two weeks ago uh, in Nigeria. We had a priest that was set on fire two weeks ago in Nigeria. We, you know, we have um, wars of ethnic cleansing uh, facing so many Christian populations across Africa, not to mention famines. Um could you imagine if, you know, a bishop in Los Angeles would come out and say, uh, 
what is this absurdity that we're seeing at the Grammys? This is absurd. And we can't expect, um, if the church, Catholic Church isn't going to do it, really, who is going to do it? And um, I want to tell you another story. I was with Lady Gaga's, I was at a party at Lady Gaga's boyfriend's house. I got to see who this guy was. He was in the TV show, Chicago Fire. His name was um, Taylor Kinney. Uh, Taylor Kinney was dating Lady Gaga at the time. So I was at a party at his house in LA. And he was all talking to me about the Illuminati and was really interested in secret societies and was asking about this person, that person. And I said, well, I think, isn't your girlfriend in the Illuminati? Like I said, as a joke. And he goes, no, she's just an Italian girl from New York who likes to wear costumes. Okay. That may be the case. I don't know. But, but what I took from that is a lot of these young people, I, I think they're playing a game. Or they're doing what they need to do to be successful. Right. And what's sad is that what they're told to do to be successful is degrading, right. is blasphemous, perverts our youth. And that we have major corporate sponsors like the one that I guess I can't say their name oh. <laughs> because it's the most <laughs> unholy company in the world. Yeah. And the name of the song was Unholy. <clears throat> and... um it was sponsored by the most unholy company in the world. Uh, that's a good sponsor, I guess. So you can ask yourself, folks, what's the most unholy company in the world? Well, they were the sponsor of the Sam Smith song, Unholy. Uh, you cannot tell me that a company that would sponsor that performance is thoughtful to the well-being of my children. That's all I know. Okay, okay, company that shall remain nameless that's had a co good couple of years uh i think you've made a lot of money guys past couple of years this yeah. company shall remain nameless um you want me to think you want to put your product in my kids relentlessly all the time without testing them great uh you want me to think you have my child's best interest in mind but you are poisoning you are funding the polluting of their moral imagination you are funding the polluting of their souls so that's who that's the real problem guys it's these corporations it's the networks, it's the studios, and they, they seduce these young people who are shattered into seduce. the industry, into an industry to then damage all of our children. Yep. And that's, that's a key point, I think, that you just make there, that the tentacles of this sort of thing reach very, very far, very wide, very deep, that it is not just the performance on the stage and the costumes and the behavior and the lyrics. But there's all this, this the support system, you know, this this company that Chevrolet made nameless that many people probably already know was just recently busted with an undercover video about some other manipulation and mutating sort of things that they were doing um, that is out there now. So we've got these examples, and you're right, they make no they make no apologies for what they're doing. And it's not just them. This this has been going on, as father said, this has been going on for a long time in various ways, from Super Bowl halftime shows to to, you know, the Harry Potter book series, you know, which became so popular and so controversial. There, there's a whole diocese I was kicked out of and told I would never be invited back again. Thank you, Colorado. Because I came and spoke at some Wednesday night youth event. And I said, hey, the chief exorcist of Rome, Father Gabriel Lamorth, at the time, you know, was still alive. And he said, he said that the Harry Potter books should not be read by Catholics because they're dangerous. They can open doors. They can open portals. And oh, I got I got so much grief for that one. Uh, you're never coming back here again. But when you walked into like you know different bookstores, Barnes and Noble, whatever, anywhere, you would see the book series, and then to the side of it, you saw how to become a teenage witch. You saw how to join a coven. How to this and that. All this satanic, diabolical stuff that was introduced by drawing people in over here. So the depth of, of the tentacles, the reach is is really beyond. I mean, it's a picture that's much bigger than we can imagine. And, you know, Jason, you talk about some of these parties you were at and the people that you interacted with and communicated with. Um, and it is a real insight for, for most of us who have never been in that world. Um, I mean, I would, I would go to a lot of parties at this Chateau place you were talking about. My birthday party's there a lot, you know, and I, I just know a lot of people from that area. Okay, just kidding, everyone, just kidding. Um, but the handful of times, I mean, I've been to LA a lot over the years, never interacting with the same people you did. My stuff was mainly, you know, conferences or parish events and parish missions. But every now and then I would bump into somebody somewhere who would say to me, oh yeah, I was tied to this and that. And 
Doug, you have no idea how deep this stuff goes, you know, and how far back it goes. And you make a good point too. There was a time when the Catholic Church had a lot of say so over really um, uh, letting letting a certain message be sent, what could be sent, what couldn't be sent, and all of that is completely gone now. And I just wonder, do you honestly think, Jason, from what you know from being in that world at all, the con the connections that you've had and have, do you think we get that back ever? Do you think we ever get back that kind of um, that? that view that, that Catholic bishops and such would be able to have over movies and music with a voice at all to say anything. Do you think that's even possible apart from divine intervention of getting back to that position? Yeah, I think by God's grace, of course, it's possible, but also evil is a deprivation, right? Ideologies of our deprivation and this, uh, this, this whole uh, disgusting uh, castle in the, in the sky that they've built is floating on evil, which is the lack of being. So it will it will collapse, and it is quite sorrowful. Um, but it really takes us corresponding our life uh, with the grace that God has given us, and to have a really a radical love, like you guys doing the show consistently shows a love for the other and a love for God. And we do have to be disciplined and work to be engaged. Um, in all industries, but especially the entertainment industry. Look, the cults know it, right? I mean, they're there. You, uh, Hollywood Boulevard is owned. I think most of the buildings are owned by one cult. Um, interestingly enough, that, that that very large cult in Hollywood has this big center, and, and there's a bar three doors down from it, which is a Satanist bar. And one night, uh, I was with my team, and my assistant at the time was Ashley Alquist, David Dale Alquist's daughter. And some of my other team members, I said, let's walk into the Satanist bar, order a beer, sail a Hail Mary, and then leave. And you should have seen that. I mean, I don't want to laugh, but it was a freak show. They were dressed up as witches and devils. And uh, one woman had posts through her skin, long posts out her back with wings. Does that mean you guys follow me? She had wings yeah. Yeah. through wow. posts, through her skin. Wow. Well, we walked in, we were all wearing the same shirt actually that I had made that said, I am a peace firster because they were trying to do, Obama was trying to uh, launch another regime change war in Syria that would have led to 800,000 dead Christians. And I had this peace first campaign, but it was kind of like uh, the, the letters were scrambled. So you kind of had to stare at it to read what it said. So we walked in with like normal pants and normal shoes and all matching shirts that said, I am a peace firster. And you have all of these people with literally horns, horns, they had horns in their head. And like teeth that they had, like real teeth, like vampires. And and they looked at us like, ugh, ugh, who let these weirdos in, you know? They were horrified by my khaki pants and tan shoes. And uh, it was very sad. Man. And I would think like, what would St. Louis de Montfort do in this situation? What would... Padre Pio do in the situation. And De, De Montfort might punch somebody. You know? He would definitely punch some people. He was no? known for that once in a while. And he'd probably preach a sermon, right? He'd knock yeah. some souls around and yeah. and preach. And But it's a did sea you, of the lost. Did you jump up on the bar and start preaching? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Not that time. I, there are times I've, I've done very similar things. <laughs> Just recently, um, I was cracking my friends up because... I went into basically, you know, preaching and, and they were laughing later on, like they didn't know they were getting that. Um, but that time we really just wanted to explore it because we'd heard of this mysterious bar that sure, Satan is yeah. hanging at. And, but you know, when you hear prominent people in the church say that they don't believe hell is real, they must not, or that hell is empty. Because if we really thought that hell was full and that souls are pouring into hell every day, we would run to these people with life preservers and, and share the faith with them. We'd be very intentional and serious about it. We would be very intentional and serious about blocking and boycotting networks that promoted Satanism openly. And so rather than me trying to unravel what kind of secret cabals are behind this, we just need to be a wall of sound that just shakes the country to the ground. And we need to expel Satanism from our country. Satanism is now in the public square. <clears throat> Satanism is now center stage. And it's really up to us as Catholics to expel 
um, really this overt exoteric Satanism. And then also the esoteric Satanism that we see all around us, which is abortion, um, the, you know, creating a famines in countries like Afghanistan through our botched policies where 20 million people are starving to death, immolating these human beings, causing them to suffer. Um, a wide open border that's uh, open season for human sex traffickers and those who would lure migrants into an economy of exploitation. So I just think we as Catholics need to push exoteric Satanism uh, that is now center stage. Um, and uh, But we also at the same time need to radically serve the vulnerable who are being immolated by this diabolical culture yeah. um, and, and preserve them from violence. You know, I was thinking as I was listening to you is uh, thinking back to this, all the lockdowns and the fear mongering that we've gone through in the last year or three years, I mean, and uh, there was one line that was so irritating to me. I mean, just uh, maddening. And it was this, I'll bet you it's the same with you guys. We have to navigate the new normal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I was thinking about that because that's what's going on is they want to normalize all this, you know, and just make it, well, you know, this is a different part in history now. And so we just accept it as normal. No, you know, I keep saying like, for instance, Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, what are we a hundred times worse in, a, in our historical moment that we're at right now? Because why? Because they want to normalize this and just have it be a part of what our culture is while the spiritual leaders go, yeah, I guess this is a, just a different part of his history. We have to navigate the new normal. I mean, I, I guess uh, my point in that is that I'm not that guy. And I know you guys aren't that guy either, you know, that, that you could just sit idly by and have them right ramrod through this demonic, uh, just uh, uh, garbage, and 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 have us sit down, shut up, and accept it as a new normal. I, I just I can't do it, and I, I think that's big reason we're doing this podcast. We do whatever topic we're doing, but and and it just popped in my head too. A big reason why we're doing our ninety days to liberty, and that starts February twenty seventh. Check it out on usgraceforce.com. But what are we saying? You, you, these demonic uh, oppressors are trying to tell us what the new normal is going to be. And we sit down and say nothing. Um, no, no, we are standing up. And it begins first with getting strong in God's grace. And that's what we're going to be doing for 90 days. And it also begins by, I like, I like to call it begging God. Yeah, the, the story of Nineveh, when Jonah went through Nineveh, you know, 40 days more, you know. And what did they do? They put on, they, they were begging God. They were begging God and God went, okay, I hear you. And he relented in what he was going to do. But I, I just think we're at that moment. Don't you guys think so? Jason, what do you think about that? Are we at that moment? Yeah. I mean, that the moment is here. Yeah. You know? And, um, and we need, it's prayer. Our lady of Fatima told us what we need to do. Prayer and penance. Yep. Yeah. Prayer, fasting, and penance. Yep. And, you know, that this is touching on celebrity, and I'm glad I'm getting to talk to our family, our tribe about this, because I do think we have a disordered relationship with celebrity in Hollywood in our tribe. Yeah. Whenever there's a, I do a movie or there's a picture of me on social media or something with some celebrity, I get two types of emails. One is, dear Jason, from someone I haven't heard from in three years, you're my best friend. Can you get so-and-so to speak at my banquet for free? Okay, I get that. <laughs> but then I'll get equal amount of emails saying, Dear Jason, so-and-so is a Satanist who's in the Illuminati. Same person, the other group's asking to speak for free at the pregnancy center banquet. Yeah. Then someone else is telling me, but I got to know them and I know the truth, that they're sad, they're lost, they're scared, they're broken, they're insecure, they're addled with fame and wealth. And the expectations that everyone places on them and they don't have anonymity they don't have freedom to grow to fall to fail in private um, they're held to every mistake they've ever made follows them for the rest of their life 
So what I would say is that we, um, I think Archbishop Fulton Sheen was somebody who was great at this, is we just need to understand um, that the, whether they're in the hierarchy of the church, whether they're political leaders or cultural leaders or entertainers that are celebrities, that we need to pray for them, fast for them. And, and they do, they can make us very angry when they're openly blast i was at a deli i saw larry david at a deli about a month after the christ episode and uh i mean i wanted to yeah you know i was just like ah there's larry david um i was so angry um but we just have to pity them jason you you've mentioned that i mean it's it's a hard thing to hear uh what you what you said there what is that episode you're talking about? It's is it the with the crucifix in the bowl of uh that was the I think that was the title of the episode. They put yeah. the crucifix in a da da da. Yeah. And it's just so it's just so yeah. shocking and offending. It, yeah. it was it was cutting edge at that that's at a time when that would be shocking, right? And that was a playoff, I guess, a work of art that was maybe a decade before that Larry David episode. Mm. Um and what I ask of my Hollywood friends is I would never want to insult anyone's piety. Right. I'm not going to insult someone's mother. I'm not going to insult something that somebody holds dear or reveres. Um, and um, if we're going to have a discussion on theology, I will thoughtfully address our differences in a way to respect and honor you and your parents and grandparents and family who you love and your community who you love. I would never, never want to prove a point by um by savaging something that someone else really holds dare i dare i i i just wouldn't unless of course that's child sacrifice sure. or you know but uh but we are the we are the last scapegoat we're the last we're the last community in the world that you are allowed to abuse on the silver screen that you are allowed to abuse on television you're allowed to abuse on instagram or tiktok and you will have no fear of censorship, no fear of being kicked off Facebook, um, no fear of your career being shut down. So um, we, we take the lashes. Yeah. A couple of things that I wanted to throw in here real quick is I like what you said early on in the beginning of the podcast, that fame, fortune is not something to be envied. Uh, fame, popularity, fortune, not something to be envied because it, that is kind of like this big goal for, you know, a lot of people in general is I want to be popular, I want to be famous. And I know people who said, look, if I can get popular and famous, I can do a lot with that. And granted, yeah, as you made the point, it can help if someone has a certain platform or name. Um, I just saw a commercial recently with uh, Aaron Rodgers um, and uh, several other NFL football players that were talking about the penalty for human trafficking and that, you know, these things just won't be tolerated. And yeah, that's there, there's a certain power behind something like that. But I like how you put that about it shouldn't be envied. Um, so I, I'd like to ask you to speak to that just briefly. But before you do, I also want to want to emphasize this too. You said that about Our Lady of Fatima said that she made it clear what we needed to do. And I, I want to say this again clearly. There is one thing that she repeated in all six apparitions from May 13th to October 13th. When you pray the rosary, which takes 15 to 20 minutes, that's it, all right? Let's cut the excuses out. Let's cut the crap here, people. We've got to stop making excuses. 15 to 20 minutes is all it takes to pray a rosary. And we see that she says it can bring peace to the world and it can avert war. So when we see Sam, uh, what Sam, what's his name? Sam Smith with the song that he sings at the Grammys, we see what's happened with this company that shall remain unnamed that still wants to continue to put into people things that have been recognized and understood as being destructive and all that that's going on right now. And people still can't pick up and pray 15 to 20 minutes with the rosary. And it baffles me how we can continue to sidestep the responsibility of at least turning our hearts to God in prayer. Father, you say this all the time, and we say it all the time, too, and on the podcast. We've got to get strong in the Lord, and it starts with having a prayer life. Right. And it starts with simply committing to 15 to 20 minutes a day to pick up, again, the one instrument that our Blessed Mother said would do this. Right. This is one of those things where we have seen over and over and over again. And Jason, I've known you long enough to know you have, you have 
you're, you're kind of a, an enigma if people really get to know you. You have that fighting side of you. You know, I've been to your house. I've seen your gym. You got outside. I mean, you like to beat people up properly in a fight, you know, in a ring. You know, you're into jujitsu and, and MMA and all that stuff. But you have one of the most, I think, um, uh, balanced ways of looking at these things with regards to appreciating the dignity of the individual, being a created child of God, the need to pray for them. While still, I know if anybody broke into your house and tried to hurt your family, you tear them apart in the way that needed to be done to protect your loved ones. You have that in you. But I think you bring that to the table to say to people, you can't just laugh this off. We can't just say these people are crazy. We have to realize that God loves them. We have to realize what we're really battling here. But we have to not just realize it. We have to do it and engage in these things. So first, I want to thank you for being that type of guy because you that, that type of man and that type of warrior because you you really have bring a good balance. I have people who tell me after they see episodes with you, wow, I really like the way Jason looks at this, that, or the other thing. You know, your your vulnerable people's project and so forth has been just phenomenal. You know, great work there. Thank you. But speak if you can a little bit more because I think there's really something to this. Let's not look at envying people who are famous and popular and have everything under the sun because that's a dangerous place to, to go to be striving for rather than striving for a heart that loves God and wants to reach out to other people and let God bless us in whatever way. That's a big picture to discuss, but explain a little more about that. We shouldn't be envying this fame, fortune, popularity goal. Yeah, no, and I, I, I get to see it because of the unique position of my work. I think that anyone else who were kind of in my shoes would see things this way, right? I have a friend, I have friends who have children who are very famous like very famous or uh, I have a friend whose granddaughter is super famous and their hearts break at the way the media will talk about them or maybe something they'll wear on some award show and you'll get to know them and you see that it comes with a lot of loneliness. Um, I joke that, you know, when we were kids, they would tell us that Native Americans wouldn't let you take their picture. I don't know if it was ever true because they said it was taking your soul. I said, sometimes I think there's something to that. The more people look at you, the less of you there is to see. Mm. And so this constant grabbing and pulling and twisting and calumny that I see from Christians against other famous Christians, they will say, well, they heard this or they know that, but they don't know. And uh, calumny and detraction should be avoided. We, you know, I'm so blessed. I take my, my older sons if I go to Hollywood, sometimes I'll bring them because I want them to see that this isn't to be longed for, sought after. Um, but then I might take them to a home of a very wealthy, influential uh, Christian man who's ordered and has a peaceful home. So they know that that wealth or poverty has it doesn't have to do with wealth. It doesn't have to do with poverty. It has to do with knowing why you were created uh, to love and serve God, to love your neighbor and living out that what you were created to do. Um, but wealth, especially fame, and fame when you're young, uh, is not to be wished on anyone. My friend, Patty Millette, her, her son is Justin Bieber. And she was telling me she wanted to write a book for other parents whose sons or daughters become famous all of a sudden because uh, Justin didn't seek fame. Somebody put a video of him singing at a, at a, at a mall singing hymns while his mom was passing out tracks, Christian tracks. And it went uber viral very fast and fame fell on him. And, uh, but I said to Patty, like, well, you know, that would be for like an audience of 10. Like how many people are ever going to be as famous as your son in the next hundred years? Um, but, you know, it is so hard. You know, that's, that's the reason I don't let my family post any of my mall singing videos. I, I've, yeah. I've completely forbade them from doing that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Strangely, I've posted mine and yet nothing. <laughs> In fact, I think you lost some bookings after that. People didn't want you to come to their events, right? <laughs> it was strange. It's strange how that works. It's because of uh, the Freemasons control Hollywood. They're trying to keep me down. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's all that. Well, you yeah. make a great point about that, though, that this, that, you know, it's not something to be long. It's not the money in the popularity. It's it's knowing where we are with what we do with it. You know, it's right. often been said that Jesus didn't forbid wealth. In fact, it was Nicodemus. It wasn't Nicodemus or Joseph or Matthew who gave the tomb. I forget which of the two um, for Jesus to be buried in. You had to have 
a little bit of power and influence and you had to have a little bit of cash or some form of wealth in order to do some of those types of things. And so it's not in, in that's, you're not saying that the money or the popularity in and of itself is bad. Is that correct? No. Yeah, no, what I'm saying is it comes at it. It's, it brings with it all sorts of challenges. Sure. Um, you know, you can imagine what it's like when someone goes on Twitter and says, Doug, bury that or father Heilman that mm. imagine if all day, every day in the biggest tabloids, people are saying horrible things about you or your wife. It's, and it's relentless. It is, mm. it is really relentless. And then people say, well, they signed up for it. Um, no one ever, I think a lot of people in the entertainment industry, they're like the dog that chases the car that never thinks they're going to catch the car. I remember I shouldn't say this. I'll be canceled by PETA. When I was in eighth grade, I, I I had my bow and arrow and I was aiming for a rabbit like a block away, never thinking I was going to hit it. And I hit the rabbit and then I started <laughs> crying, sort of crying that I hit the rabbit <laughs> that I was aiming for. I was, never thought I would hit it, then cried. And I think that's like what it's like. I think a lot of young people, they aim for the rabbit. They hope they don't. And. They're trying to hit it and they hit it and then they should cry. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've, I've been, I said this before on previous podcasts and I've been thinking about it as I'm listening, but um, the hopeful part of me is that this is all going to uh, come to a head and uh, the, the, uh, the direction of our culture is going to turn back toward God. If what, if we have a revival, and we, we, we just had the bishops, you know, talk about this Eucharistic revival and where the throws of year one. But um, I, I don't know. I, 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 it needs to be more. Doug, you talked about how with Fatima, it was rosary, rosary, rosary. Yeah. Well, yes. And then let's talk about the other pillar in St. John Bosco's yes. dreams, the Eucharist. Yes. You know, yes, that, yes. That, that, that once we are uh enthralled my lord and my god mm -hmm. about the holy eucharist uh that's gonna that's gonna bring a eucharistic revival but i don't know i i'm i'm uh, keep leaning in and, and looking for more direction on what we're supposed to do and uh, for the eucharistic revival is uh, i don't know maybe you guys are here more than i am but it's kind of like you might want to kind of sort of and you might want to kind of sort of or the eucharistic revival I, I don't know i i i just i i think We've got to lean in that direction, and and uh, it's 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 a revival that's needed right now. And it, it, what is, what's that going to do? Well, it, you know, we talk about we 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 like to poke at the spiritual leaders that they're not brave enough. Well, I, I think a lot of them are are going out of the battlefield all by himself. I mean, but while we aren't as supportive as we could be with our with our leaders, and but I, I honestly believe that through the power of the rosary. And through the power of the Eucharist, um, this thing's going to turn around. However, <laughs> and maybe you guys can enlighten me, how do you think that's actually nuts and bolts going to happen? Uh, Jason, what about the Eucharist? What do we need in order for the Eucharist to, you know, get, get the faithful to cry out, my Lord and my God? Hollywood, I just saw a beautiful movie, unbelievable, called Max and Me. Have you guys heard about this? No, I haven't. $20 million animated movie on St. Maximilian Colby that'll be coming out in the next 12 months or so. Nice. I just, I'll get you guys to see a rough cut of it. And it's on St. Maximilian Colby. It's kind of like Karate Kid meets Up. Okay. Animated about Maximilian Colby. That will make no sense to you until you see it. Because it's set okay. today with the guy who was in the camp with St. Max, who... Him, him and this young kid both get sensed. They, the guy, old guy was driving without a license, and the young kid was doing graffiti. And the judge orders the young kid to drive the old Polish guy around. And he tells him about St. Max. And there's all these flashbacks. But right. this film does such a beautiful job of sharing the Eucharist. So I think art, as the church has done for 2000. Yes. Uh, but we've got amazing. Exodus 90. We've got the hollow app. We've got all these Catholics. We've got all these great podcasts. Yeah. There's, there's been all of this people pushing and going to daily yeah. a mass. Um, I, I think all of us recognizing that we're broken. We're, you know, we're confused. These are strange times. Um, but we have to remember that we're the paramedics and, uh, and we're living in a society in ruin. 
Jason, I know you don't got much time. You got to run out of here. You got something uh, else planned, I think, here. Um, really appreciate you taking time to jump in on this yeah. and, and, and give us your expertise on this and your experience on this. Um, you're, you're, you're always very enlightening, and we appreciate that. Not, not just blowing sunshine at you, brother. You're not trying to make you feel good. Flattery is actually sinful. It's got to be truth. And the truth is you bring a really great perspective on this sort of thing. So we appreciate, appreciate that very much. Very much so. Yeah. And I would agree with you on that, on the different groups of just different areas where we all have to find, I would tell people, look, you know, kind of an answer to your question too, father is look in the mirror, you know, literally or figuratively ask the Lord, speak to me. Let me know how you want me to use whatever you've given me, whatever means, whatever resources, whatever community, community relationships I'm in to be an instrument to do just this. Focus on those two pillars, the devotion and love to our blessed mother and adoration and worship to the Eucharist. That will only bring us to a deep appreciation of the dignity of every single person. And then hopefully we pray harder for the people that are wrapped up in what you talked about, Jason. You know, the whole world of, of being abused, used, whether they know what they're doing. And you're right. I, I agree with you. Some of them have to know that they're really messing with fire here. Um, and I'm sure a lot are just brought into this blindly and get themselves ensnared and, and think, I don't even know how to get out of this now. So right. we, we just got to be praying for all of them. But they think they're out. unworthy. They think they're unworthy of getting out of it. Yeah, they think they're already lost. Yep. And they all have mothers and fathers. You don't think Sam Smith has a grandmother crying somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so if I could ask everyone, like when you're receiving communion next, maybe pray for Sam Smith and his family. Excellent. Pray for yes. his aunt, his uncle. Absolutely. You know, there's people around him that adore him, that changed his diapers, yep. that, you know, there are people that, that went to school with him that are watching this, their heart is breaking. Pray for them, pray for him. You know, this is not a Hollywood story. This is a pro-life story. I was giving a pregnancy center banquet. And after the banquet, I this woman comes up to me and she says, I wish my son could have heard your speech. He could really benefit from knowing you. Can I have your number to give to him? And I said, well, I just wanted to let you know, I'm not really, I'm a small time producer. I don't produce a lot of movies and I don't do the casting. I thought she was trying to get you know me to cast her son. Mm -hmm. And she said to me, um, oh, my son doesn't need your help. Uh, I'm like, you know, he's pretty successful. I'm like, well, what's your son's name? Brad Pitt. <laughs> oh, geez. Nice. Brad Pitt's mom was at a pregnancy center banquet. <laughs> nice. So all of these people have Christians around them who yep. love them and adore yep. them and are praying for them. So yep. let's pray alongside their families for them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I would say, it, go I'm ahead, sorry, Doug. Real quick, Father, forgive me for this, but along with what you just said about offering up your communion, everybody listening or watching right now, the next time you're driving past a Catholic church, stop in. For even two minutes, just even two minutes to get on your knees, adore God briefly, stay yep. longer if you want, but two minutes at least and just say, yep. Lord, I present everything here to you at your feet for, again, Sam Smith, for Hollywood, for our politicians, for our church leaders. We yep. have every reason under the sun to go before Jesus. And even if you start doing that, trust me, I do it a lot. I'm driving down the road. I just did it today. Before I drove back to do the podcast, I stopped in adoration for 15, 20 minutes, I think, just doing this regularly, regularly. And we get in this habit of having this constant communication with God. So I want to throw right. that in there, too. Uh, you inspired me with your, uh, your comment, Jason. Awesome. All right. Thanks. So the call to prayer from both of you, and, and uh, so we can end with a prayer. Uh, one last uh, reminder, go to usgraceforce.com. We start 90 Days to Freedom on the Monday after Ash Wednesday, so February 27th, and it goes to Pentecost. And Pentecost is that time where the first bishops got the power of the Holy Spirit, so they had the courage to go out and stand against our oppressors. And so that's what we're going to pray for in a mighty way. So let's end with a prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. May Almighty God bless you, the Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Jason. Thank you, Jason. Thanks, awesome. guys. God bless you.